Thunderbrunt. Blockbusters, the show where we treat the final edit of a movie like the script. I'm one of the hosts, Bob Rose, and the other guys are going to introduce themselves right now. I am Jimmy George. I am a screenwriter and script consultant. My Twitter handle is at Jimmy R. George. I am Jamie Nash. I am a screenwriter, and I am the writer of Save the Cat Rights for TV. My, uh, I'm trying to think what, I was trying to think, what did Jimmy just say? Your Twitter uh, handle. My Twitter <laughs> handle is Jamie, uh, what is it? At Jamie <laughs> underscore Nash. At Jamie underscore Nash. Look, look, I got a Save the Cat hat, too. I nice. can't see it, but it is nice. Uh, <laughs> save the hat. Um, save the hat! I am Bob Rose. I am at Thundergrunt Bob on Twitter. And today we are going to talk about The Matrix 4, a.k.a. The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, probably uh, about a month late. After everyone's already seen yeah. it and forgotten about it, but we're it's gonna we're gonna do it because <laughs> we said we were gonna do it. And, yeah, and that's what we're gonna do. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of the script itself, straightforward script itself, let's go around the Zoom table and talk about what we thought. I'm gonna say, right, I'll, yeah, Jimmy, you go first. I'll start. I'll, this is I, just your opinion, not the just, script. Thing. Just opinion. Just um, opinion. I think on rewatch. It's uh, it gets better because once you learn that um, Neil Patrick Harris is the analyst is the villain, um, you can see his manipulation throughout the, the whole thing. So there's an added level of like antagonist intention that's not there in the first in the first viewing. And uh, I I love what it's trying to do. I, I don't think it succeeds on the whole in what it's trying to do. Um, and we're going to talk about all that later. And uh, I think that uh, it's awesome that it's uh, trying to be a deconstructive construction of its own thing as a part four. So I appreciate what it's trying to do. Not necessarily did I enjoy the whole thing. That's it. Cool. <laughs> James Nash, as your Zoom uh, name says. James Nash. <laughs> James it's, Nash. It's weird. My email always says that. Everybody says, are you James? And I'm like, yeah, you can call me that. I don't care. Uh, so I am James, legally. Uh, legally. So the Matrix. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, so Jamie is the nickname. And James, that's that's the important information today. So the Matrix, <laughs> the Matrix Resurrections. Uh, uh, that's kind of my review. Uh, I, I love I love the Matrix. I thought the Matrix Two had some great scenes, and then after that, I just started to get bored of the whole Matrix thing. So I really haven't been into the Matrix to be honest since the first one, and then the second one I was very excited about. I like the car chase, and there was some cool stuff, and the the weird architect thing had me interested. 
for about 10 seconds before I checked out. Um, <laughs> but honestly, after the ma- the second matrix, it's just, I, I kind of lost interest. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. So for this one, I still kind of, I, I kind of like that they simplified it in some ways, like the second, the third weren't my thing at all. The second, third matrix, this one felt kind of like a simplified, it felt a little bit back to the beginning, felt a little bit simplified. So I guess I like this a little more, but at the end of the day, it, I didn't really care for it that much. I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's just okay. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere Somewhere in the middle. middle. That was my take. That was my take. Okay. So this will be my biggest section of talking through the whole episode. (laughs) And I apologize to the listeners and both of you. I can't gonna, wait. Well, for I mean, I'm going to try to get through all of this quick. But uh, Bob's going to cry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get a few tears out. It's been a very long uh, 2022 so far. But just to say, just to go from where Jamie is, obviously I love the first Matrix. I hated the second two when I was young. I actually have reappreciated and I actually love the sequels now as an older person because I view them as uh philosophy classes that i couldn't appreciate when i was a teenager but i now think that they're a mess but i can appreciate everything they're doing and they still have the filmmaking awesome soundtrack awesome fighting and texture like actual craft of the first movie there Mm -hmm. you know and that was important Mm -hmm. to me something i didn't realize i loved about those movies is Mm -hmm. how like stylistic the sequels are Especially Reloaded, yeah. obviously. And I absolutely adore the ridiculous fight scene at the end of the third movie. <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite fight scenes of all time. It's so absurd. It's like an anime battle, but like, you know, live action. So, when my first initial, when I first initial watched this movie, I was like, where's all that? It's all gone. Uh, the, it doesn't look like a Matrix movie. It doesn't sound like a Matrix movie. Why? Do, why is this so limp <laughs> like it's limp not just talking about the script it's limp like at the actual like texture, texture level texture level like it's yeah. not it doesn't feel anything like the creative camera work and cues and everything are just gone so that brings me to what i my my notes here that i actually made for a show where we were talking about the franchise itself and i wa- i rewatched the I, I watched it three times once for that podcast and then once for this one so i've seen this i've seen the movie three times i took notes and i want to play a little game with the two of you because i want to see if you can recognize which movie i'm talking about okay okay so uh, there's a franchise the first movie is an extremely successful hit right it's super successful people love it right years pass without a sequel the studio begs the director to come back but also threatens that if you don't, we're still going to make one. Or we're going to do it without you. But if you say yes, you can do whatever you want, which includes, you know, and, and they end up doing what they want. And that includes a meta narrative commenting on the original success and also a complete change of tone and genre. Right. Mm-hmm. The filmmaker eventually publicly admits that their goal was for there never to be another entry into the series. Mm-hmm. What movie am I talking about? Jamie, I think, you know. Gremlins. Gremlins Correct. 2. You're talking about Gremlins 2. I mean, this is easy because it's Bob. It's me. <laughs> but also, this is, we love my that answer, movie. My answer is always Gremlins to Bob. <laughs> yeah, question. Gremlins. But it's, it, that's, that's the description of what happened with Joe Dante and Gremlins 2. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I think Gremlins 2 is a masterpiece, and I love it. We know all know that. But 
I think the story of how that came to be is nigh identical to how the Matrix Resurrections came to be. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have been saying the Matrix Resurrections is the last Jedi or the new nightmare of its franchise. I've seen a lot of that thing. But I'm saying here on my show, on our show, that it is the Gremlins 2 mm -hmm. of the Matrix franchise what? because the filmmaker was literally forced into doing it. And then they were like, <laughs> fuck you. I See, I... I I had another vibe from this one, though, based on what you just said. Not, yeah, the, not the whole rebellion aspect, but the whole flat, the cues were missing, all that stuff. Because yeah. that, that's the part that's weird that, you know, Joe Dante's Gremlins 2 doesn't have that part. You know, he no, has but all, I have an answer for you, Jamie, on he's that He's amped up. But the one movie that came to mind with this one was Crystal Skull. It was like, oh, the the filmmakers are back, and it feels like an imitation of the filmmakers. I, but I, it was, but I very strange. There's, a, there's an intentional reason for yeah. Jamie. And yeah. here's okay. the thing is, um, this, unlike Gremlins 2, where Joe Dante did everything he ever wanted to do, and actually he's kind of best being subversive, and that's why that movie is kind of incredible. The Wachowskis are subversive in real life more than they are in their movies. We're talking about filmmakers here who spent $160 million on Jupiter Ascending to basically end their blockbuster career. They did. They don't. They don't want a part of this anymore. This was the only reason Lana came back to do anything was because she had this opportunity. This was like thrust upon her. You know what I mean? So while and not to mention, she's also reacting to the culture who appropriated the red pill iconography mm -hmm. and everything that she hates. MAGA, QAnon, all that. She is publicly on Twitter said "fuck you" to those people. Literally, <laughs> "fuck you." So she turned. Her multi-million dollar action sci-fi franchise into a romantic love story that was basically saying, hey, the, the white guy isn't the one. It's actually a woman is part of it now. And then she gave the rest of the movie complete feminine energy. Women in this movie are in charge of everything. They know what's going on. It has Neo is Neo is basically not the one anymore in this movie. Right. Like, that's the point. It's but I think I don't think I think you're right, but I don't think it does a good job. Not saying I'm not saying it does a good communicating job. Communicating. I'm not talking about the quality here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about if it succeeds. I'm talking about why what we're going to talk about is why 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 it got to what we're going to talk. Yeah, about. yeah. It's good. I, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that this was uh, this wasn't this is a fuck you where I don't know I don't think that Lana cares that much. She said on the red carpet when asked if there's going to be a new trilogy that this is the start of, she laughed and said no. Period. <laughs> so so here's so she doesn't so, want this yeah. to go on. This the the stuff that we didn't like, she doesn't give a fuck that we like it or not. So so here's my thing. Here's my yeah. thing. Uh yeah. I cause I think I, I wanna jump in there please, and talk please, about that. Yeah. But so first let me just say who wrote this. It was it was Lana Wachowski <laughs> and yeah. basically her sensate team and their her there's a team that worked on Cloud Atlas and Sensate mm -hmm. and all that stuff. David Mitchell, uh Alexander Heeman, Lily well, Lily, Lily didn't work on this, but that's just to create created by, by a character yeah. probably. Yeah. So so it, there's a team. So jumping into the deconstruction thing, um I I, well, I, I can see that that could be the impetuous. There's a part of me that you say that, she, you know, she doesn't care. There's a part of me that feels that she doesn't care that much because I think this could have been much more subversive and much more blown up and much more deconstructive. Mm -hmm. To me, the movie does that in the beginning a little bit. And then it goes off and does like a 
something another director might do with a Matrix movie for a long time, then comes back to it a little bit. If you really want to be subversive, just stick in the first the first beginning part of that yeah. movie. You don't even give us any she, Matrix crap. You know, just <laughs> there's like wild this, with your two hundred million, but I, I, I think it this. is. It does do the beats and it does do the thing and it does it does what anybody else would have done with a sequel, even though it has a little bit. Honestly, what I felt. I felt it had insecurity lines. I thought the whole Tons. movie was an insecurity line. No, it totally does. Yeah. For the series. Like uh, uh, like somebody who didn't really want to be there and thought it, the whole thing was stupid well, and was kind of just did a big insecurity line um, for the whole thing. And it, that I, makes it seem like I really like hate the movie. But anyway, that was my – I like the deconstructed parts, but I, I wish it was – I wish it was Gremlins too. I wish it was, but well, I not didn't everything could be that perfect, no. Jamie. No. <laughs> I would have you loved if, if Lana came to this and said, yeah. "I'm going to just blow this thing up." Remember, and, and I am not. I am not saying it's nearly as good as Gremlins. So I really want to yes. stress that. I, I don't yeah. think it's. I don't necessarily even think it's a good movie. Yeah. I was just making that comparison to the real life aspect of its production, mm-hmm. like the actual framing. Now, what Joe Dante and what Lana Wachowski did when they actually got on the set. Is two separate things. You know what I mean? What I wanted to say is I agree with you, Jamie. I think the first like third of the movie has all those elements there and it kind of just goes away, which annoys me. Like, so yeah, I, I love, have, I like the first third of the movie. Yeah, a lot. me too. I, 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 lead so I, took some, I was like, this is I took some notes that I think a lot of people might have missed. Or just I took some obvious notes, too, about like the first third uh, proving all this stuff. Like the movie starts out by watching a bad remake of The Matrix starring new actors Um, (laughs) and comments on it. And yeah. And then the one line, why use old cold old code to make something new? Uh, Right. Uh, This isn't the story we think it is. Right. So it's no longer The Matrix. the, The sign that Bugs lands on. Uh, it says Anderson, really big, and if you don't, you can barely see this, but if you pause it, it says, for those who love to eat shit. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> and, like, it's a straight up fuck you. When they're leaving, when they're running out of the movie theater, a lot of people miss this. You don't see it, but it says root of all evil above <laughs> on the theater marquee. That's the movie they went to see. A movie is the root of all evil, right? Um, they, they say <laughs> the same stories we always told MPH, uh, I, my theory on the first third, at least MPH is obviously, he is the matrix. The matrix is Neo's therapy, right? Lana's using mm-hmm. this as her own therapy. My theory here is that Neo is Lana and you might ask why, uh, there is that conversation. This is the last thing I'll say too. the conversation that him and Trinity have in the thing. He says, uh, but you made the matrix and he said, yeah, we kept some kids entertained. That's Neo as Lana talking about her and Lily, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. It says, did you base the main character on yourself? There's a lot of me in it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, th- so Neo in this movie is Lana to me, at least. That's what the point was. I think all of this stuff I just said gets completely lost in the second half. <laughs> but <laughs> the intent, what I'm saying is the intention. What I've said this whole, my whole segment here has just been the intention which I think goes into what we're going to talk about was there. Mm-hmm. They just didn't, she didn't, she didn't, I don't think she cares that it's a gremlins too. <laughs> I don't think she gives up. She actually doesn't give a fuck if it's successful. And if people hate it, in fact, I think she actually wants a lot of the fan base to literally get mad at it. Like, I think it was made to be gotten mad at. That's why it's weird to even talk about the script because I'm like, I don't think 
Lana cares that much. Interesting. So we're going to break something down where I'm like, I don't think the person was that like trying as hard my, as it could have been. My, I wish I knew more about the making up because because what I have read and maybe it's, you know, um, just the studio trying to put positive stuff out there is, you know, I read an interview with her, with Lana, where she said uh, she was feeling like creatively lost and it wasn't even about uh, the Genesis wasn't even about the matrix. It was about uh, her parents died in close proximity to each other. And she was feeling like creatively lost. And uh, she had just like a deep desire to, to uh, reunite with her parents. And she said, well, I can't reunite with my parents, but you know who I can reunite with two characters that I love deeply that I can I can find a way to like reunite with these characters that I haven't been able to see for a while. And so the death of her parents, the, I, I'm, I'm pushing back a little. No, it's fine. At, it's at, fine. Your la- at your saying she doesn't care because she, the interview I read with her was that she wrote this story like inspired by the, the love she had for her parents. Okay, I, I so, agree. How about this? So, Let me rephrase myself a bit. Let me say, I don't think she cares that this was a hit or a block, a financially successful you. blockbuster film. This is to her maybe more of, like what you just said would support it, more of an art house expression of mm-hmm. her own thing with a bunch of yeah. studio money. Yeah, like it, that's like, a good way to put it. Like, because I'll say, Bob, like to your point, because I agree with you, like the, you know, there's that article that's out there, which I don't know if either of you have read it. Um, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the source, but look it up. It says, the Matrix Resurrection is an attack on the Matrix itself is the name of the article uh and and the person in that talks about they use a term i've never heard that sounds a little pretentious but whatever anti-aesthetic like meaning like creating an aesthetic that is the antithesis of the aesthetic we know on purpose to make us be like this fight scene sucks this this doesn't look like the beautifully crafted aesthetic that i i love about the Could Matrix you disagree world. with that though? No, and I it's the fight scenes are so bad in this movie. It's it's <laughs> no terrible. It's, and 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 after after hearing it and then going back in and watching it again, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And it does almost feel intentional when you watch it through that lens. Um, so so if for me though, Bob, that oddly makes me go like she cares very much um to do all that on purpose it's it's it's, it, we're, it's we're also doing a lot of guessing i'm not trying yeah to I, I know no this i know my, i'm also like i said like i think that i think the wachowskis in general have always been like extremely subversive trolls in their whole mm-hmm. career i think the <laughs> matrix is a subversive movie the first one yeah yeah like, no one was ex- only people that were that subversive big time dude could make that movie right and then yeah. they use that goodwill to be subversive the entirety up until now like have you seen Speed Racer? I love Speed Racer, but that is not a movie made by people that are just like trying to like you know win over audiences. It's not. <laughs> that's what these. That's what they they do as filmmakers, and I think yeah. this is just another in a long line of it. It's without Lily. It's just with Lana, but still. Yeah, I love everything you pointed out. I think everything you pointed out is really important mm-hmm. to the rest of the discussion. Right. You know, this well, is we can talk about movies. it. We can approach yeah. it normally and straightforward. Yeah. Too, yeah. But I'm just trying to frame it. That's all. So. So when, when you know, the first topic on our list is deconstruction. 
and 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 the, the only reason I wanted to talk about it like up front beyond I knew uh, Bob I knew you were going to come in hard with this stuff which is great I appreciate it I just wanted to um, frame it yeah that's all yeah because I really feel like and I didn't do this for the rest of the talking points but I really feel like every single talking point that we we talk about the construction of the script going forward that you have that you could look at it from two different um strategies which is you have your de deconstruction strategy that that has it's right jamie it's it's, our, it's, it's a, your it's your gimmick paint right jamie the, de the said, deconstruction paint we said the um, like we said the gremlins 2 thing but i would almost say the best example would be robocop how robocop totally works as a sci-fi action movie and also totally works as a satire Right, both and you, both arcs are paralleling, but parallel, mm -hmm. perfect, and they're both successful. You can watch RoboCop for entertainment, or you can watch it as like a brain food movie, right? You know, like, and I think that's I, what this I, wants to be. And I think where it, there's places where the deconstruction completely goes away, mm -hmm. it's there's no key deconstruction paint, and that's why it's not cohesive. That's why we're all three going like, eh. It works. It does that sometimes because there's literally parts of this movie where deconstruction is not there at all. Yeah. It's like goes back to traditional in the second act, which will get there. There's like no deconstruction at all. So, um, right. And that, so it reminds me a little bit of, and I don't have a good movie to give an example of this, but I, I love Scream. You know, Scream is kind of heralded as this kind it's of movie very, that very relevant. Came very relevant yeah very relevant yeah but at the time at times i wonder how deconstructive scream is it is deconstructive it, it it's self-aware mm -hmm. but does it really then go off to the point where it is a deconstruction or does it just deliver for and right it's also made by Wes craven problem. which is it is so, right so self-aware and deconstruction are like two different things two like different that. things yes and, and this one I think this one's more self-aware than it's a deconstruction. Like that's at times, but maybe that's maybe that's where I'm missing the joke. You know, maybe it is a deconstruction. I missed it, so I'm I'm the goofball. <laughs> you know, um, but but self-aware and deconstruct—that's that's the thing. So so that's why I am judging this movie when you ask my opinion of it or did I like it. I think I'm judging it from does it deliver. Because again, self-aware still has to deliver the action movie, the sci-fi movie I expect mm -hmm. to see. Where deconstruction might not have to do that; it just has to deliver intellectual stimulation mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the genre I, I'm talking. I'm going to go with you, Jamie, and say it's self-aware because of the joke after the credits. If you guys stayed for after the credits, yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, what about the catrics? Cats. <laughs> the cats. See, that joke to me says it's self-aware more than it says it's deconstructing anything. Right. It doesn't. I, I agree with you. What I was going to point out, I was going to ask what you guys think of this is, mm -hmm. you know, I'm seeing it, it reminds me a lot uh, of uh, of the Captain Marvel um, responses where it's like being heralded. That was movie was being heralded as as the great feminist movie of of uh, that ever ex greatest feminist movie that ever existed when in reality that's not a, what what it was nor was it trying to be that the filmmakers um, did not intend that right right yeah, here was, was the here the, the the side of the of this of the movie watching world that loves it they're going it's a complete 
deconstruction of blockbuster filmmaking. Blockbuster filmmaking will never be the same. The light has never been shown more on Hollywood and the blockbuster, blah, blah. It never references any other movie other than its own franchise. To me, it's not that at all. It's not trying to be that. And anyone who is reading into that is just like placing their own unconscious desire to see that. But I don't think that's there at all. And, and, and the reason I say that is because like if it was trying to do that, then all three of us would be like, well, it failed at doing that. It's right. not Last Action Hero. Yes, nor it's is not. it trying to be. No, yeah. It's not trying to be. So I, I know we're doing a lot of comparisons, but the one I throw closer to is like Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back or something. Whereas, <laughs> whereas they kind of... That's a perfect example, James. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. They kind of they are constantly making fun of what they're doing as they go mm-hmm. uh, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, Which so, is very in line with an insecurity line, right, Jamie? It is. It yeah, is. yeah. And that's that's what this. Which I can enjoy. I mean, I can enjoy yeah. that. And I feel I, like I, I feel like all three of us enjoy those type of movies generally. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely. Kind of, that's kind of my favorite type of movie. <laughs> like, I should like. I wish I liked this more it, because it's yeah. trying to do something I usually adore. You know, like mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Right. Now, I did like I did like the beginning when it was doing yeah. that. I, First act I, when it was doing news. Yeah, I, yeah. I was so in. I was so down. Keanu nope. overdosing on blue pills. I was like, all right, we're going <laughs> straight for it. Okay. You know. Amazing. But yeah, so so you guys are on board on the same page with me that it's not a de- deconstruction of the of the blockbuster itself no of it's the of the show. matrix it's of the yeah. matrix and of the wachowski's career it's in my it's opinion. adaptation for the matrix yes basically yeah yeah i agree yeah yeah all right cool so that so i mean i think we're that's, done can we talk yeah that's, that's it. it peace that's out it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to do an episode where we actually talk about writer's blockbusters. <laughs> right. What Eventually. is the show? What is the show? How has it been written? Um, superior was position. This, was, this, was this Bob's intent or Jamie? <laughs> What's Jamie's theme? Um, oh, man. <laughs> anyway. That would be the last episode of writer's yeah. blockbusters. Um, superior position. <clears throat> who's whose note is this i think it was mine i, I think didn't, it was mine if it, you didn't put i didn't put notes on this uh album, um, okay so. <clears throat> yeah so when i when i was watching i i went in this whole debate for myself uh the fact that we were way ahead of neo <laughs> in a lot of ways i i i wondered if there was something instructive to talk about for writing as mm-hmm. far as that goes this is a good example of it and this one is playful with with how it uses it in some mm-hmm. ways but we're definitely ahead of him like he's stuck in this thing but we know what the truth is we we know now i guess you could argue that maybe we don't like mm-hmm. like lana could have stuck in that world the whole movie and then in the end tricked us all and said aha it was only a video game all the time and it was it was just pretend or something no, but, but it, it did happen so it did happen. Yeah. So we know mm-hmm. we've seen the other movies. We know uh, that does a weird thing for your first act. It does a yes. thing where you're like, okay, let's get to it. Okay. What is it going to be? Mm-hmm. You're kind of, even though this, this had lots of fun stuff. Like I said, my favorite part was the beginning, but it does make you like, let's get to it. Let's catch Neo up. Let's, you know, 
and it, and it makes it less like like his his primary issue his things that need fixing are sort of things we already know and we're way ahead of him <laughs> and know he'll figure out really quick once once he's shown the light it's it was a I don't know what the set. It, that, yeah, that, no. So when you when you pointed it out, I was I wasn't thinking about it until you pointed this out. And I think uh, building off what I said a minute ago, whereas you have your two strategies, right? You have your deconstruction paint, and then you have your traditional storytelling strategies as far as like the writing. The superior position works on two levels. The, from a deconstructing standpoint, we know this is a reboot of a major franchise, and we know all the Matrix movies that came before it and all the story world elements <clears throat> leading up to this reintroduction to the story world. So that's like a huge impact on our experience for these first four movies. It's completely like informing how we feel about everything that's coming on screen and then on a second level is it that's the that's the tension right jamie like the tension for the first 45 minutes is when when is neo going to align with what we know when's he going to catch up is that tension or is it us just waiting for it to happen i think the tension is is surrounding is he gonna is he gonna align is he gonna figure it out is he going to figure out what we already know? I, I don't know. I kind of lean towards Jamie's feeling, though. I feel like I don't know if I was tense about it. Well, okay. I think I think I agree with both of you. Is I think it's intended to be the tension, but I don't think it totally works. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. we know it works there. I'm, yeah. I was just gotcha. like, okay, okay, we yeah, get yeah. it. When is he going to figure it out? Gotcha. Like, there's like a gotcha. Yeah. Okay. okay. At least for me, for like me I was too. like, for me, I was too. like, I was like, let's get to the let's get like to the, the story you know here. The I only thing it. that sustains that is all of the jokes and and stuff it's, about the Matrix. Like it's, if, it's, if it's that winky, wasn't there, I would have been completely it's the winky bored. stuff. The it's all the winky stuff. Yeah. It's all the callbacks. Yeah, it's yeah. all the oh they they're doing another joke about that. They're doing another joke, which is fun. Oh, I, it's a it's a boardroom. It. It's a boardroom literally talking about the first movie. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without that, I mean, is there much value to watching it? That first part, I don't think so. That that's true. You, it would be a, if someone was watching The Matrix Four as their first movie. What would you feel? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe no, that, Jamie, maybe, Jamie, maybe for someone that hasn't seen the movies, Jimmy, they would have more value because they'd be like, "What's going on?" But we didn't. We knew <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, it, so, honestly, those people might have viewed it like the first movie when we watched the first movie. We're we like, were what's like, going on? He's yeah. on edge, you know, there's something going on. As we're talking yeah. about the, the tension not working, oddly enough, all three of us here, are, at least I think this is what I read from you, Bob. This is our favorite portion of the story. So, so the why is that? Because of the jokes. So, so it's because the Gremlins 2 act, yeah. the, the Gremlins yes. 2 approach is, is landing. This was Leonard Malton holding up the VHS for Gremlins and saying it was terrible part of the movie. <laughs> For 45 minutes. For 45 minutes. Yeah, that's what this was. And that's why it's my favorite part. But because... I think but but I think there is some disorientation because we don't know anything about Neo's present. We are on board with we know everything that happened in Neo's past, but we don't know how he got here. You're right. We're not we are not aware whatsoever of what's that's, happening in the present. You're right. There's a point too where you can also argue that. We don't even actually know if the Matrix happened. It's real. 
Right. Yeah. So it's remember. Yeah. I don't know. Just a little uh, BTS on like me and Jimmy talking about this movie months before it came out. Jimmy, you were worried that the whole plot was going to be the Matrix didn't happen. Yeah, that remember, it was. I remember that. that. I yeah, remember that was my. That. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit. I saw a projection of the movie in the background in the trailer, and that tells me that they're going to say that none of that was real, and that. I told you it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but you're right, though. That could have been how where we came from. That could have yeah, been. But and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, so to sum up, I was gonna like you're right that we don't exactly know what is going on. Yeah. So there is there, there is some. It doesn't feel like tension there, though. It just feels like confusion. I guess. I guess that's yeah. It, there yeah. There's disorientation, which that's is about it. Yeah. So that that is a thing. I mean, this is kind of an aside, but when you're doing your setups of your stories, um, you know, tension, I always say tension is the thing that keeps us engaged and watching and watching and watching. Mm-hmm. Jokes, jokes can too. There are some other entertaining things that can happen, but mostly it's tension for stories. But one of the tensions, because before you get to the actual story, the conflict, the, you know, the Neo has to do the thing or the horrible thing will happen. You have to come up with other tensions. Mystery can be some tensions, but I think in this case, curiosity. I think mm-hmm. it's using it's using our superior position to say, "What the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. This isn't the Matrix. We how did mm-hmm. Neo get here? We what? We mm-hmm. saw Matrix three, so we have we have curiosity that Neo doesn't have. It's a disassociated tension mm-hmm. in some ways. It's like yeah. we're, we're curious about how the story, and that actually fuels us and can get us. It, it works a lot in television. You see that they can do a but whole episode on. It curiosity. wears thin, don't you think? A little bit. It does wear thin because you're because you're like, okay, why isn't he dead? Just tell me why he's not my, dead. My you my know? my point is, it's a dangerous game. You should align your main character with the audience as soon as possible. Yeah. Because otherwise, you really can't get into the true heart <laughs> of story, which is, you know, I'm Neo. Let's let's see what I'm going to do. Let's see what and, I'm going to experience. Which and is this really movie hunt. takes 46 minutes to get that. Yes. To get that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. That's a good, that's yeah. a good point. So, I mean- superior position is checked off the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this is a, my, probably my favorite point that you put in here, uh, Jimmy, is there's no desert of the real sequence. Okay. Which so- I think we have to d- talk just to find what that is in the first movie again for people mm-hmm. listening. Maybe not. They haven't heard our first episode. It's, on the- It seems like it seems like a screenwriting buzzword. Desert uh, of the yes. real. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does, but it's not. <laughs> it yeah. should be. Yeah. So I don't it, uh, if you go back and listen to our you don't need to. But if you if you want to, we did an episode on the first Matrix a couple years ago. It's it's essential listening, I think. <laughs> it's probably the greatest criticism of the first movie ever. Lana, Lana said no, it's, the only- it's it's a it's a love letter to it man yeah. Lana um, said that the, this movie was a reaction to that podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um the so what we one thing we learned we learned in in like research for that episode is that the desert of the real sequence in the first matrix which is when when Morpheus shows Neo the what the real world actually looks like and explains all the exposition about the story world 
and you know the the matrix is a system and he takes them in and shows them the woman with the red dress all the various things that are confusing up to now they do a really good job of making this exposition really entertaining and most of all really comprehensible and really clear about what's happening and so that you leave that sequence the desert of the real with zero sense of confusion as to what's happening and 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 you're on board for the next hour and nothing needs to be explained to you you're ready to go um in this exactly where it happens in the structure of the first movie neo follows bugs into in through the lighted door into onto the train sequence and they sit in front of a projection of the desert of the real <laughs> sequence from the first movie you know so there's your there's your deconstruction paint right on the nose right in, where at that point in the in the story that we previously got complete orientation and understanding what's happened they really keep you confused we get morpheus saying uh the new morpheus too not even we get the new morpheus created by neo by the way which is right um he says nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia no one can be told what the matrix is blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) and then and then he gives them the pill he's he says if you want out take this pill if you think where you're belo- where you, you you are where you belong every day over and over, take take the take the blue pill. Uh, uh, and then Neo says fuck. And when Neo takes the pill, uh, t- his therapist shows up, and his therapist says, and at that point we don't know he's a villain. Yeah. His therapist says, Thomas, what's what's happening right now? He says you are. You are in the midst of a serious psychotic breakdown and none of this is real. Feel my hand. My hand is what's real. Stay with me, Neo. Stay with me. None of this is real. So in this crucial sequence in the previous movie where all that all that um, curiosity, Jamie, you talked about and all that tension building up to some sort of release and answer and understanding and alignment with the story. Instead, we just get ambiguity. We get complete like, hey, not so fast. I'm not going to tell you if it's real or not. I'm going to keep confusing the shit out of you. As And here we go for another hour before we really tell you what the fuck is going on. Um, so because 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 even after that, because of that analyst scene, because of the uh, Neil Patrick Harris showing up and saying, no, the what's your what's happening to you is is not actually happening to you. We can't trust fully that what Neo is experiencing after that is actually the real world, in my opinion, at least. First first viewing, first viewing, I was like, "Well, all bets are off. I don't know what the hell's going it, on." I'll, <laughs> it, it, no, if, if anything, I'll give it this: it works better. And I read so much more stuff seeing it three times. Second but, second time, yeah, yeah, for me, like. Did you guys realize that in the fair in the in the WB execs office, there is a statue of Hugo Weaving getting punched in the face from the third movie? <laughs> no, it's I stuff didn't. like that. I didn't realize. OK, I'm sorry. I know that's not right. No, no. Yeah. So so but so 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 if this movie had taken I'm, I'm talking about writing now from a writing standpoint, yeah, yeah, I know. Right? the lack of the lack of 
exposition and orientation for the audience in that crucial moment, like Jamie said, we've been waiting for 45 minutes to be a, for Neo to align with what we know and to get kind of a, like grounded, right? Center, set, put us in the center of the world and tell us yeah. what the fuck is Throw going on. Throw a life on. preserver, please. Right. Give us something. And, yeah. and, it, and instead, the movie makes a joke about us wanting that and then tells us it's not real. <laughs> like, it, now that I'm talking about it, I almost see that. Yeah, but it's like, part of me's like, that's kind of awesome, you know? Yeah, like, I, yeah, part of yeah. me, like, likes that a lot. Yeah, but... saying, it, saying it out loud to you guys now, I can kind of see Lana be like, why do you even care so much? <laughs> um, go kiss your your loved one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this, this, this goes back to deconstruction versus self-aware. If the yeah. movie at that point had pivoted to the point where it wasn't the Matrix movie and we weren't right and all the things we assumed weren't right, that would be awesome. <laughs> to yeah, me. but instead, but that's not. where it's it just begins. another feet shuffle. Yeah, it's that's feet shuffle. That, yeah, feet shuffle. That's from then on. For me, that's where the movie loses loses steam because it just it takes away it strips away all that deconstruction paint and it just becomes like the Matrix Four. Um, yeah. Oh, it becomes uh, the, the Matrix 4, which is a love story. No, I'm talking about, you know, it, like we we get to see what the world is like now that the that Neo yeah, yeah. did and Trinity did what they did. And we find out that Morpheus died because he believed that what Neo did mattered. And then Lana is saying, but none of it mattered. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Now you're right. No, that I just I was really struck by like wow, like the fact that at this crucial section of the movie where in this because originally I was like, should we compare the two movies, The Matrix One and The Matrix Four? Because we don't we only did that on the the comparison episode Speed versus Speed Two. But I almost feel like a great episode would be Matrix versus Matrix Four because because they inform why the one has such deep emotional impact and the other one doesn't. Um, from a storytelling standpoint, never mind the deconstruction. I think it's a, but you know, you can't compare like Speed Two to Matrix Four. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like Speed Two is not trying to do anything. Where yeah. Speed Two, where the goal is to slow down, is as get get be as slow as possible. Well, slow the boat down. Slow the boat here's, down. Here's here's On where Speed Two. Here's where, and I. I hate that. I, I feel like I might be turning this into more critique or something at times. But here's where I will say, like the modern day movie, like like when we see the Halloween reboot and things like that, where they kind of are like, let's skip the middle and keep one and four the same, you know, even Force Awakens to an extent. It's like, mm -hmm. let's kind of that to me, like the deconstruction, like in some ways, I, I hate to say this, but George Lucas was probably more baller with what he did with the prequels than what this does. Because he was like, I'm going to do this weird thing. I'm going to talk about trade wars. I'm going to do my own thing. And I don't, you know, and maybe it's because he was out of touch with the public, but he did this <laughs> weird thing in the middle, you know. And then it took a J.J. Abrams to come back and say, look, I'm going to do the basically the same thing. I'm going to have an SR and we're going to do the thing and we're going to have the droids. <laughs> This movie feels to me more like 
Force Awakens <laughs> than it does Phantom Menace. Where the two and three mm-hmm. feel a little bit more Phantom Menace to me, and that to well, you me know, is you're more like my choir good. here, Jamie. I don't, I, don't yeah. I hate Force Awakens, and I, yeah. I kind of don't hate the prequels I, anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Matrix Two and Matrix Three, but yeah. I understand. I appreciate the fact that they went and did their thing, and they, and I, it didn't feel like movies that had a lot of studio notes in those movies. No, that was that was. Oh, you made yeah. the first movie. Do whatever you want. Movies. Yeah, that's what those movies are. Yeah, Yeah, like, like, so to say, like, this was that movie. I think those two were more that movie than this. I think those two movies were like, we could do whatever we want. We, we, we're gonna give you a philosophy lesson. We're gonna do this weird stuff. We're gonna do stuff. I think they just went and did what they wanted in this in two and three. Two and three are them trying to say something, and four is them trying to say something about. One, two, and three. That, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And Absolutely. that's the difference. That's the that's the actual yeah. difference. They were actually trying to say something about life in the first three movies, whether you like them or not. They were trying to say something. You know. Yeah, <laughs> like I agree. Something of value. There, yeah. And and there's a part of me that wonders. This is all you know, speculation, not screenwriting, but whatever. Um, it's a hard movie a, to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. But I'm glad we're talking about. It. I'm ha- I'm enjoying it. I feel like I'm like getting to know the movie more by what you guys are saying um there's a part of me that wonders because obviously neil patrick harris's character the analyst um is you know supposed to be a commentary on both uh the matrix suits it's funny that neil patrick harris calls the people above him the suits but he's kind of i think supposed to be the suits Mm -hmm. and he's also like I've read people say he's uh, he's uh, supposed to be a commentary on um, therapists that um, are unhelpful to trans people, to their trans patients. Um, And I I could see that. Um, But uh, anyway, part of me wonders, like, if she really did get any pushback or if she really was allowed to do whatever the hell she wanted and just having a character who who represents Warner well, Brothers interest makes for good drama so you make it that way. Let's I know we're we're kind of off the rails here, but let's put it into perspective this is the Warner Brothers we're talking about who has made a litany of mistakes in the past decade mm-hmm. and also are being accused of several things including like, you know, the the racist tactics pushing That's true. everything. That's like, true. Like WB was in a position to beg for a movie that had matrix in the title. Mm-hmm. I think she was let to do what she wanted because they just need something. They're so, not so, in a good place. So it's very interesting that, that she was led to do what she wanted, but there's so much commentary about being kept from doing what she wanted. Um, I guess maybe that was a commentary on the sequels, the original. Yeah. Sequels. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. Or just um, that might have been where you get the slight bit of Hollywood blockbuster filmmaking commentary, right? Because yeah. they have made other movies that. But I mean, when you, you know, get to the when we when we when we'll get to the the big reveal, like he's talking about how expensive it was to get the two of them back together, and the scheduling was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> what the fuck else could he be saying except it was really hard? So, to get, it's to get so hard to talk about the writing. Carrie and Moss and the scheduling, man. 
It's so hard to um, talk about the writing because so much <laughs> real world shit is affecting this movie. Like even we didn't even talk about the fact that I think the only reason there's a new Morpheus is because they can't, you can't ask Lawrence Fishburne to do those action sequences anymore. Well, he said he, he said he wasn't even approached <laughs> he wasn't even whatsoever. But I'm saying and they, you can't and they actually did it. try to get they tried to get um, Hugo. Hugo, they almost got Hugo. Yeah. It was the schedule. It was the scheduling. The oh scheduling God. was a nightmare. <laughs> that, the, the whole idea that those two are new and everybody—it's very confusing. It's very and awkward. Confu- it makes it yeah, even yeah. so much more confusing. And, then, and yeah. then you and then you add on to like Keanu staring in the mirror and he's an old bald man. <laughs> like what? <laughs> no, it probably had. I think some of that stuff definitely has a meaning, but yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. I'm willing to di- keep digging because it's like, yeah. how much do you want me to dig here? Yeah, the movie's yeah. Not, the, the second half of the movie's not fun enough for me to so, keep ringing in blood from a rock, you know? Yeah, so that's, that's the thing. So let's get to the villain's plan. The villain's plan. Because, yeah, what is the yeah. villain's plan? Because the, there, there's a part of me that feels like a lot of it was, and, and this is where it gets weird because we're trying to instruct new screenwriters, but this is sequel franchise screenwriting. But, <laughs> Nobody you know. will ever have this opportunity. Like, no, this not is such at a all. Rare thing. But I think <laughs> going into this is going to be really instructive. Yeah, this it's part really of funny. Nobody yeah. has that. So I, as far as the villain's plane goes, and this is where it started to get really weird, it seemed like there was a lot of patchwork just to get this movie in place. Like, okay, well, they realized that you two were powerful, so they put you back in the thing, and they put you in the, in the thing, and put you close together because that gave more power and i don't know there's a lot of what do we use in the avengers endgame double mumbo jumbo stuff i think that's where a lot of this comes in like a lot of the scientific theory in it i was like what like their proximity in the real world matters i I, whatever i don't know it it felt a little (laughs) to me it just all felt first draft like like, it's the kind of thing that if i went to a pitch and they said okay you're gonna do the new matrix movie what's your idea i'd have to come up with something like that would have to be the thing that they all jumped up and high-fived me like you figured it out you solved the problem and if i came in with that like oh well after a little while they realized they put them back they did a thing they they here's the thing though like even that part of it now i'm gonna get to my own thoughts on this but now that you're talking about it, I mean, think about it. Like, even the plan, like, they never explained. Like, the Matrix was working just fine when me, when Neo and and uh, Trinity were dead. So, like, even just bringing them back, they didn't even need to bring them back. The Matrix was working fine. Everybody was hooked up, and he was just like, "I just wanted to well, do something cool." Now, hold on, but the movie does say. That they were superior batteries together. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's the, that, the, that their, was the impetus. power. The that, power yes, they were right. sucking right. from the two of them. And was and, superior. And, and is that is that why they put them in a thing called the Anomalium? <laughs> that's that. Oh come on! The names of this movie are great. Simulate. Come on, man. Their, their pods. <laughs> their pods are named the Anomalium. Hey, robo- <laughs> robots aren't good namers. Okay. That's uh, right. You know. They're not screenwriters. We've seen like screenwriting bots and what they do. Oh, dude, I've totally had things as lame as Anomalium and worse in my own script. So I am not trying to knock that. It's just funny. I think it's the Unobtainium, right? Unobtainium. (laughs) Which is an actual. Now, to be fair, that's an actual word in science. But people just treat it like it was the worst word in Avatar. Anomalium would be a good name for a kid. And then you can call him him Liam Liam. for sure. Liam. Liam. (laughs) 
so so okay. we know why we know why the Matrix brought them back because they wanted their to suck their power. But the plan you're talking about the villain's plan as in, in this actual storyline. Yes, here here's here's what I uh, first first let me tell you let me reiterate the villain's plan for the Matrix one. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a movie that was like beloved worldwide and spawned all the sequels because of its emotional impact. Ultimately, it was an emotionally satisfying story. Right. So part of, you know, we do our show, right, Jamie? The arc plot, the mini plot, the anti-plot. Right. We, this is, the Matrix is, is your standard cheeseburger, your arc plot movie. Part of the ingredient, one of the main ingredients to your arc plot movie is a villain's plan that's, that's compelling. And in the Matrix, the villain's plan is they want to locate Morpheus and the Nebuchadnezzar, his ship, to get the code to Zion. And their reward for that will be the destruction of all the free minds in humanity. And, and so that's a very easy to follow villain's plan. And we meet Smith within two minutes of the movie. And Smith is, is, is leading his agents for the duration and they are like a presence that is a threat to everyone in the story for the duration of the movie there's not like this what who's the what's the what's the bad guy who's doing what there's no confusion it's very simple and it has massive stakes which we're going to get into later and there's even an internal antagonist the whole time which is cypher who is his goal is to help them achieve that on the human side so there's a bad guy in the in the midst there's a traitor you know which adds this additional element to the the antagonism and the cheeseburger recipe tasting like it should um in this movie uh the goal is the analyst goal like you said is he is to keep neo from remembering who he is keep Trinity from remembering who she is, keep them in close proximity in the matrix and just prevent them from falling in love. That's a very almost abstract type. It's so hard to like, Jamie, you have your classic. What's your exercise, Jamie? We'll, we'll do it from a villain standpoint. What's your draw the goal exercise? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So it should be something you can draw or something you could take a picture of. So if your hero, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you can take a picture of Indiana Jones claiming the Lost Ark or putting it in the museum or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can, if uh, finding Nemo, uh, you can take a picture of Nemo being found and dad Nemo being reunited. Back to the future, you can take a picture of Marty coming back to the future and being home, you know, getting home. Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. coming home. Take a picture mm-hmm. of these things. So you can take a picture of it. It's filmable. These things that they describe are filmable, but it's like really complex. It's hard to like, okay, we got to keep it's abstract. Yeah. It's so abstract. Right. Yeah. So, but it's not just one abstract goal. It's like three yeah. abstract goals. So that's one part reason why it's not compelling. The second problem is we don't even meet the analyst until 22 minutes. And then we don't even know he's a villain or that he has a plan until 95 minutes. So we go 95 of this minutes of this movie without a villain. Without an opposing force. Without without an opposing force 
without understanding who we're battling against other than the the general machines based on our on our on our nostalgia and our no our our, Which, our recollection of the past I point out too that in the movie before we know about the analysts we're told that we're given that line, which I actually liked, which was that what we were wrong about in the original Matrix movies, what it was us versus them. What we didn't realize it was that we have to work together. So they kind of also erase the machines as being completely evil and give us some sympathy towards them. Yeah, they it's can weird. Be good. And, so the, and I want to talk confused. about that. Yeah. yeah. And I want to talk about that because I think that's a part. That's a part of all this. That's yeah. it. That's that's in well, this. You understand what I'm saying? Like. We don't even know who NPH is until then. And, yeah. and we're taking away the villainy of the machines sort of in the middle there. So it's like, right. We're, we're, that, who's the, who's the bad guy anymore? The, I don't, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's intentional and yeah. I don't think that works. Um, it's not a blockbuster and, movie. That's what the thing is. <laughs> it's not, it's just not. Well, so, so um, the uh, let's see the other thing is Smith. Smith's goal is I think he's supposed to function like Cypher because Cypher was the circus mirror version of Neo, which is if Neo does all the wrong choices, then he is Cypher. If Neo makes all the wrong choices in this movie, he is uh, he is Smith. He's a, someone who can eventually control the Matrix, but he just doesn't like free all the he doesn't free all the minds. He just stays. And that's what Smith wants. Smith wants to stay and he wants to kick Neo out and he just wants to be in the matrix and like control it and have power, you know? So it's another one of these, like, eh, it's fine, but it doesn't like, it's not a threat. You know what I mean? It's also um, the opposite of what he originally wanted to do. Right. Which literally is like, in the sequels, he weasels his way out of the matrix. Right. No, this mind. time he wants to yeah. stay. Right. So, okay, let's talk about Niobe because she is an antagonist, right? She's your internal antagonist in this movie. Um, but it's weird. I am call. I am saying the machines in this movie are an empire without a Death Star, and they're an empire without a rebellion. They there's no Death Star and there's no re no rebellion. <laughs> and and so when we meet Niobe at IO. It's basically it's funny that you brought up the prequels, Jamie, because it's basically like like the Jedi Council all over again. We get like one scene where they debate the value of freeing minds. And it's like two lines. And and basically Niobe's goal is to is not to free minds. Right. And it, like, no, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, Jimmy. Uh, please do interject. No, please, yeah. Please, yeah. What, one thing this one thing this points out that we'll talk about later is the stakes. I mean, this is mm -hmm. my problem with the story because mm -hmm. stakes. Keep in mind stakes in your log line when you're writing a story or what propels. It's the why now. Why does this have to happen right mm -hmm. now? Why can't we not wait a day? Why can't we not wait a second? And because there's no empire, there's no rebellion or Death Star. So, you know, in, in one movie, it might be crush the rebellion. We have to do it before the rebellion's crushed. In another movie, it might be we have to destroy the Death Star before it blows up a planet or crushes the rebellion or something mm -hmm. like that. We don't have that. So, mm -hmm. and, and that makes for this middle 
where it's just exposition scene after exposition scene that's just kind of all talk because there's no real rush. So really, the, the why now is just he got tired of taking pills and his depression got too hard. <laughs> that's kind of the why now, right? Like, it's, it's right. just... He can't they, take it anymore. I was like, yeah, yeah that's it. That's all we have. <laughs> Which is, it's not a compelling why now. It's not, no, um, it's not. And, and it could be, it could happen at any time. Yeah. Whereas in like yep. Star Wars, they're constructing the Death Star. So it's a very specific time thing, that creates, yeah. and, the, and the selection of that time creates urgency immediately to the story. Why, um, why do they take uh, Neo out of the Matrix 2? I was a little confused about that. Like, why do they need bugs, to take him bugs out? Bugs defied... Is it, Niobe, is it, just because he's a legend, and they kind of kind of fanboy. It was a fanboy kind of reason no. they wanted Here, to meet yeah. the legend. Yeah. No, not just that, guys. She actually, he inadvertently awakened her mind. She she saw him. Oh right, she saw him. She, here's what happened. You're right. You're right. They, you're right. And they don't they don't do a good job of dramatizing no, this. They don't. But, but after watching it, I I realized what it is. It's because they don't show what she sees. They only show what she's the start of what she sees. She sees him as the old man jump off the building and not fall. Okay. But he doesn't remember any of that because he's been gaslit by the analyst to forget that he did that. But the movie doesn't do a good job dramatizing that or showing that that's what happened. So she saw him jump off the building and that led to her mind rejecting the matrix and to her wakening up. <laughs> so it's also it's also just now occurring to me her name is Bugs. She references yes. Bugs Bunny and she right. leaps. Her thing her, is leaping. Her she name hops. is her name is Bug short for Bunny, Bugs Bunny. But I'm saying her her thing is that she hops around in the matrix. I just realized that. <laughs> oh, she's totally meta, dude. Yeah. And, I and, just and realized yeah. that. I can't believe their most, that. Their most famous character. Yes. Dante put that in. And, it's, Dante a w- put them. and it's a WB character. Yeah, their most famous character. Yeah. So yeah, one more one more meta. The, but, the uh, other the other reason that that's tricky, the way you just described like why they took him out. Because honestly, I I didn't really know at the end. I was like, why did they take him out just for fun? It seemed like it just for kicks, you know, like, oh, yeah. I he's really cool. Let's take him out. You know, that scene, her description was so unmemorable. That's you're right. And and it, it's in retrospect. It's it's told like almost in a mystery. Like, when did you like mm-hmm. it's not it's like maybe the movie would have been more interesting if we had seen him jumping off the thing. We see him standing on the ledge when he's an old man and she's washing right. the window, but we don't see him jump and not fall. Right. Which is why wouldn't you show that? Why? Um, yeah. 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 It's, anyway, uh, it's, it's yeah. So that part kind of stuck with me. So stakes, stakes is a big issue, which leads to, and I'll, I'll let you go with the villain's plan, but it does lead to his goal being a low stake one. It's more a personal. <laughs> it's more a personal goal, right? Isn't that yeah, really yeah. what it comes down to? It's, it's weird. Just, well, yeah. one, one more thing well, you're I would saying, add. You're because he, you mean you mean the- Neo, Neo? Yeah. Okay, okay. Eventually, yeah. I, which doesn't come for a long time. Dude, the it's lock-in. so weird. I, yeah. I want. I, I I'll get back into everything you're just saying in a second. I wanted to ask okay. you guys because I don't know. I I I. This is going to lead into everything we're about to talk to you next. I think what the movie is saying with Niobe being the one of the antagonists and you know you look at the antagonists for the opposing views for the themes as well and the and the choices the characters are supposed to make based on their interactions with the antagonists and overcoming the antagonists she wants she doesn't want them to free minds and she's living hand in hand with the machines so her goal is to 
is to maintain peace and to, to not free minds. I think what this and and there's one line. Where is it? We're gonna get into the which also in makes second. you say, "What's wrong with all this? Why do we even need this?" Well, <laughs> so I think what this is trying to do is be like the first Matrix, yeah, and and, and be be woke. And I think what's going on here is, I actually think Lana is trying to say this is like like there. It's like a gentrified neighborhood, like like. The humans are suffering in, 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 in reality of this story. The humans are suffering. They're, they're enslaved in, in their, their batteries. But the humans that are alive have decided right next door to them, those humans that are batteries, don't, their suffering doesn't matter. And, the suf- and we we're just, just gonna- want to, we're just going to make strawberries and hey, we made some good ass coffee. They even remember, like, remember the shit that we used to eat? We're eating good now. Meanwhile, all the rest of humanity is fucking hooked up to the matrix still. And they they basically have let has have let them suffer and they're and they're not so like, I always like the com- yuppies that are here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right, that, yeah. I think that's what it's yeah. trying to do, but it doesn't do a good job. That's of a really de- good theory, actually. It, it doesn't good, do yeah. it doesn't do a good job of debating that. Mm, yeah. Right. So we don't feel it. It took me two views to go, kind of go like, what the fuck is going on here? So yeah. it's part, part of the problem, I mean, you just hit like probably my biggest, if I had an overall criticism of this movie, you don't feel many of these things. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in your head and they're things you're piecing together in retrospect. Mm-hmm. But, but what you just well, said, But Jamie, what does that sound like? That's like watching part two and three. It is, it is. And, but what you just said, I mean- The real is movie a, is the discussion after. Yeah. <laughs> That that theory you just said though is interesting to me, and I could feel that. I think you could make me feel that. You could make me feel guilty about living in the world with that, or something like that. You can make me reflect on my real world, but mm-hmm. I never felt a, it watching this movie. Imagine if Neo, instead of Bugs making this one line, because we're about to go into the stakes section, instead of Bugs debating Niobe, imagine if Neo took the Morpheus position. And because because what this movie is ultimately missing is Morpheus is un like Morpheus is driven in the one is belief in the one to save humanity. It's not just about the one. It's what the one's going to do. I I think which is save humanity. I think this movie's trying to replace that not very well with Neo's love for Trinity and belief in her. But it right. doesn't do a good job of like like everything else you've said. Yeah, it does not yeah, do like, a good job of that. Yeah, at all. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but that, that's what it's supposed to be. So like like imagine if we walked out if we walked out of the scenes with Niobe in the real world if we got there, and there's five minutes in the real world and we leave five minutes saying holy shit, no one gives a shit about the people in the Matrix. <laughs> They're just making strawberries. That's the it. machines have yeah. won. What that what that section of the movie is trying to say is the machines won. Neo lost. Neo did what he did, and it didn't matter because now humans don't give a shit about the about free and minds. All, all their brothers and sisters are over there hooked up the matrix while they're eating organic strawberries they just made with the help of the machines. <laughs> it's just isn't it odd that that 
that you don't give Neo any lines suggesting this. No like, debate whatsoever. Yeah, he he's not the one that pushes back on like you don't no. care about all those people enslaved like I was or yeah, you know, like it, like you're fine just sitting here yeah. with your face. What if guy? you never woke me up before? Would you be eating those like, strawberries? They're even living under a sham. Like everything is a sham <laughs> that they're living in, and they're fine right. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they explain so it. They didn't. They didn't dramatize that. And what I'm what I mean is like the create conflict and tension around Niobe's goal. Um, other than a single line from Bugs that she's like, "You're what does she say?" I have it on the next page. Bugs says, "You care more about growing fruit than freeing minds. You gave up on people." So we get one line. I feel and like it should have come from Neo, though. I feel yeah. like that's why it doesn't work, because mm-hmm. Bugs is already this antagonist. Mm-hmm. She's not an antagonist, but she's an antagonistic character who's pushing back on right. you know, authority. But if Neo said it, it would stick with us. Right, exactly. If he I agree. realized it after everything that's going on, he, he would stick. Why didn't he say it? Yeah. 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 So, 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 yeah, Jamie, I think the stakes in this movie aren't that, but it thinks it it wants it to be that um and 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 we don't feel it so it so it's so it's not really the only stakes are trinity right that's that's what i thought i thought well, it was a more personal can, trinity kind of stakes trinity's yeah. freedom right? can i point out yeah. something too i know we keep pulling the real world in here but there has been a lot of like memes and you know jokes about how how most people <laughs> the world is so bad now in the last like five ten years <laughs> that people would prefer to be cypher yeah, they they kind of agree with him now because the real world has gotten there, and I know Lana pays attention to this stuff. She has to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's like, mm-hmm. so there's like that. Now imagine if there was imagine with that. You know, I'm, I'm totally rewriting the movie here. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I know, I know. Okay, now listen, listen. I got something good. Okay. To, to talk about the dram, how the, how this might be better dramatized. Okay. Imagine if instead of just Trinity and Neo and back in the matrix if morpheus was like a cypher in the matrix who was like hey man like humanity can't be saved like this state tastes great like (laughs) it's like if morpheus the one who wanted to save humanity is sitting there like like and like he's if he know if he made the argument like if all that matters is what i perceive then why (laughs) is this actually wrong yeah what is being free if right. I'm actually still, I'm actually am free here and I can still feel and taste and see right. and do everything I could in the real world. So mm-hmm. what is actually the difference and why is it wrong? Mm-hmm. That's something that sequels didn't even really say. Yeah, no, I know. I would have loved if this movie loved- actually touched on that. Like, so, you know. So, so what, what, what I think we're all pointing out is the importance of stakes. And if you don't understand what those stakes are, if they're not, um, in a, in a cheeseburger movie, if they're not primal, then it leads to a less emotionally satisfying experience. It's also the stakes of we, okay. If they don't get Trinity out, what truly changes? Yeah. That's yeah. I don't actually, right. I don't actually know. Even right. for her, there's a, they want to do that other part where there's a debate. Is it better to just stay in the matrix and be oblivious? Yeah. Or is it better to be out of the matrix and know the real thing? Because that's an element, it even lessens the stakes. Because if she ends up stuck there, well, she's got a kid, the husband and stuff like that. Maybe it'll be okay. There's a, uh, 
gazillion other people that'll be you're, okay. You're you're planting the seed for my later notes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, yeah. It, it, it in the end, when when the stakes have been overcome, apparently, it does just seem like they're flying around in a matrix that still has humans attached to it, doesn't it? Isn't that what? Yeah. I, well, I I I, right? I kind of I kind of want to touch on that end scene last. Okay. Okay. End I'll on that it. note. Okay. I'll save it. Save, save that. It. No, but Jamie, were you talking about, were you going to say, let's talk about Neo's goal specifically and, and yeah. that and, makeup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's really just tied to this. We've kind of already stated it to an yeah. extent because essentially he's, so I think this is a late lock-in movie. By the way, I think if you go back to the first Matrix podcast, that has a weird late lock-in structure mm -hmm. too. As much as that movie is kind of raised as the archetype of three-act structure, it kind of has this thing where neo doesn't really have a mission until right. toward the end almost yeah, yeah. So, and it, which yeah. follows this map this, this. it's yeah. it's almost beat for beat the same because this has yeah. the same structure where the beginnings he's in flux he's confused there's a mystery the middle he's educated onto what's going on mm -hmm. and then in the end he gets an idea of what to do like the he's got a rescue instead of rescuing it's just a matter Murphy, of the sense of rescue trinity it's a it's, it's a matter of the, the sense of beats. discovery is not the same Somebody's. quality really that's that's right because we already yeah. we already know so there's no like wow this is awesome you know oh everyone's it's just in like, a computer oh, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah it's instead it's yeah. wow it's the same thing as the first movie with some really bad logic to figure out what <laughs> batteries you know and he's an old man and why is it why isn't Lawrence Fishburne here? You know, this is <laughs> this was the exposition. Wait, so so Neo can be just part. I, I like yeah. that they replace him, but also like they say, Oh, he can also just look like a CGI guy in the real world. I was like, why then why isn't it Lawrence Fishburne as the CGI guy? <laughs> if, <laughs> let's be honest, regardless of the writing, if Lawrence Fishburne was there, it would make the movie better. <laughs> Yeah, no, I it know. It just would make the movie better. I, I just, it annoys me. I agree. The, the, the I weird, not that that actor's not amazing. He is. He's amazing. Yeah, but, he is amazing. He's, he's great. Uh, and, and and not to get into the production, but did Lawrence Fishburne really need to do a lot of fighting? I mean, you get a bone no, with glasses and, it. and a stuntman that looks just like him, probably with the glasses and stuff. I mean, come you on. You could have written around him having to do anything physical. Can't we CGI a face on somebody yeah, fighting? Yeah, we have the technology. I mean, we have <laughs> We bring well, back that, Carrie Fisher. We can we could have somebody with glasses become <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. So yeah. so anyway, he, uh, at some point he locks into his goal being to rescue Trinity from the mm -hmm. Matrix. Now, what are the stakes of rescuing Trinity? So if we have hero goal obstacle stakes, we have a hero wants to rescue Trinity. Is it just sort of the ethical right thing to do to free her mind to bring her back to who she was? Is that really what's at stake? I guess. In this I think it's the they, love, they man. They, they, they love. debate it though. Remember that they debate for a moment if bringing her back is ethical, right? Right. Yeah, they I'm, do. I'm not misremembering that, right? No, yeah. they do. No, they do. They yeah. do. But but I think the stakes are a loving relationship with with Trinity. Their love. You mm -hmm. know, it's the love story. It's the so 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 his stakes are extremely personal. Um, the love story. So. Right. And if right. he fails, she, he doesn't get to have a fulfilling life in the real world because the woman he loves is still permanently enslaved in the system. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So they're kind of abstract stakes again. Mm -hmm. You know, his stakes are abstract, like love. They're, they're, um, they're very um, internal. 
-hmm. They're internal stakes. They're very mm -hmm. much internal. They're mm -hmm. not external as much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. The lock-in for that, Jamie, by the way, mm -hmm. is 51 minutes. So it's 36 minutes, 36% in, because it's a really long movie. So mm -hmm. percent-wise, it's not that late, 36%. Right. Right. Um, it's he sees her. He wakes up in the real world and he gets out of his pod and he sees her in the pod across from him. And from then on, he's locked and focused on getting her out to join him. Can mm -hmm. I can I throw something else out there that's just maybe a, an aside on this though? Do you think that this is affected at all by the fact that both of them are reanimated corpses and death has been kind of overcome? <laughs> Like in like in a way, the the movie has already said like the machines can bring people back to life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a good point. But it like didn't cross my mind. In my mind, in my mind, when I'm watching the movie, I was like, really, even though the machines are still evil that brought them back to life, I was like, we have kind of overcome death. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, you know point. what I mean. So it takes away the stakes. I know that we're, we're past the stakes conversation, but. I'm realizing now that the fact that they have overcome death in the universe. It feels like they could die and be brought back to life yeah, again like, is what you're saying. Why can't the good That's machines. That's a good point. It doesn't feel as primal. Like they could die and then their they death is not back final. to life. They both yeah. have had brain death and they were brought back to life. Technically, they are yeah. reanimated zombies. That's true. Right? That's true. There, yeah. There, there's another Force Awaken thing that I thought was going to come up here, which is. You know how this movie kind of invalidates, is much like Force Awakens, invalidated everything that happened in the first the, trilogy. The victories. Especially yeah. to the first three characters, the main three characters. It invalidates yeah. the struggles. The, yeah. This movie had this huge ending of a sacrifice, and then you just bring back the person who sacrificed themselves. Mm -hmm. and it's a do-over. It's a redo. Yeah. You know? It's also yeah. kind of funny because it's like this movie is a reanimated corpse of the first. Yeah. Movie, <laughs> so right? it's de yeah. Yeah. There's your deconstruction, deconstruction on that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> it just never ends. man. <laughs> like, so, like as we dig into it, I appreciate the movie a lot more. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I did, can't say I, I love it, but I appreciate it. Not feeling the things that it wants you That's to feel. That's the problem. Yeah. 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 And it's I think execution. Problem. Like I said. It's the, you know, it's a mystery villain that whose plan we don't meet until 95 minutes. And it's a and it's an abstract goal that the villain has. <laughs> also, why now? Like Jamie said, not a compelling. Why now? Why does the story have to take place here and now? I have a point that I should have put in here, and it goes perfect with the hero's want and need. OK, he wants to free Trinity, right? That's the thing. I want to say, like, something we've talked about before is the actual execution of the heist. They do so much uh, double mumbo jumbo talk that it makes literally no sense to the viewer. <laughs> I, I mean, I watched the movie three times and I still don't really understand what happens in that whole heist scene about they hook bugs up there, so that there a is a, there is a five point finale by the way but i don't really want to go but into i'm talking it. just about the heist <laughs> i'm talking about the trinity heist that that part of it i it does not the the actual like explanation of what is needed to do to get her out does not make sense to the viewer it is not easy to understand. You have to write it in a way where it's very simple so that I know what's mm -hmm. going on when I'm watching it so the tension actually has heft, right? Are, did you guys – I mean, mm -hmm. am I the only one that thought that that whole 
like the execution of that sequence didn't make sense? I don't know. I thought it was pretty simple. They're going to go in and they're going to uh Neo's going to try to help her realize who she is and then they're going to while that's happening as a safety as like a as a like a backup plan, they're going to unhook her so that they could save her regardless. But in order to not threaten her consciousness, they're gonna. It's yeah, it, it, you're right. Now yeah, I'm listen saying to yourself it. <laughs> talk, man. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I was like, dude, it's totally. When clear. they talk about hooking bugs up to her thing, I'm like, wait a minute, what? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Why wasn't it just a matter of you know we got to turn the switch right when this happens? <laughs> that would have been so much easier than I've got to have a conversation with Neil Patrick Harris until something, <laughs> until some. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very odd. It just it, yeah, it didn't have tension because I didn't know the, what was going on. The gathering the team is a lot to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it, the actual like nitty gritty of what they're doing in that moment means nothing <laughs> to me. It just means nothing to me. And I've seen, I, you know, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I'm missing something, but mm, mm. them hooking bugs up to her thing and unhooking her. <laughs> and also, it's like, why is unhooking her safe? Like now, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, kill them? I, yeah. I That's know. what we were told, right? Yeah, I don't place. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, okay. I just, I just. No, saying, it's like, okay. The actual execution and right, like the things they say, don't make sense in that to execute what he wants is what I'm saying. Gotcha. That's all. Uh, gotcha. That was one of my biggest problems with the movie is the heist. Gosh, we are really tearing into this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> from a, <laughs> okay. Oh, we're supposed to talk. I mean, like, no, you're right. You're right. That's why we do this. Yeah, it's just been a while since we did that. (laughs) This is not a straightforward movie. (laughs) The the other the other thing I just to throw out there was the kind of uh, hero's arc, and then maybe we can get the Trinity's arc as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I was having trouble tracking like how to track Neo's arc, even though you can see like who is he in the beginning of the movie versus who he is in the end. In the beginning yeah. of the movie, he's a guy that that feels like the world's a little off and ultimately ends up being a guy who and I was having a hard time nailing that. Like, who is he that I, I, he has clarity with the world he's and lo- clarity? He's he, he found purpose uh, in his love uh, love so, story. That could be it. It's that a love. Be yeah. it. Well, I, I still believe it's a love story. Yeah. Me and too. that is the part of the fuck you is the fact that it is a love story and not an action movie. It's, oh, yeah. it's I really mean, romantic. all their scenes together are like beautifully it's like the one section of the movie that's beautifully shot i mean guys um, they, they float away like birds that he was watching the whole time they're love birds yeah no I mean, that I know. is literally part of the movie i yeah, no, i know <laughs> yeah. I, I wish he was with her more in the movie yeah for that reason. I agree. like that that would make i i'd buy into that because i yeah. i love i loved every scene when the two of them were together yeah. and i uh, think that's intentionally so that like that's where she like made you care mm-hmm you know, and 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 like took the aesthetic, made the aesthetic choices that she made. You know, the it, it, did it did like did it like the first movie in that like really was selective well, about the aesthetics and the and, you know. And honestly, it made me feel in a way like like kind of RoboCop two almost. You know, it was yes, that's uh, a good one. Ah. Yeah, it's like it's like you know does. I almost wish. I mean, I'm rewriting Robocop the movie. Is a better movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm pitching this. This dude, Irving Kirshner, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I almost wish it was. It was like that, where 
there was more to Neo debating how much he wanted to invade her good life, mm-hmm. her happiness. Right. Right. Pull her out. You know, that right. that would make well, me feel and, 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 Jamie, okay. do you also think ahead, Bob. Be, there is no debating on him being the one either? Like I they do this whole thing where he can't fly and he has no powers anymore, but he yeah. seems to not even no, give a he, fuck. He's blocking armies of bullets, and doing bullets. all the things. Because I think I th- it's ahead, a Bob. downgrade on a level that is ungodly. Let's be honest. Right. No, like, he doesn't seem to care at all about anything. He's just like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, I can only stop bullets now. Whatever. Uh, it, it, his nonchalantness <laughs> about the whole thing is kind of transferred to us, well, right? Because so they- we feel what he feels. Right, like you're supposed to, we're supposed to be with him, and he's just like, yeah, I, this is all I can do. I can't fly anymore. Whatever, you know, like yeah, yeah. you're not gonna try. That's not happening. You're not gonna well, try. <laughs> he, like, he I, <laughs> give it some. So, give me something, Neo. Come on, man. So, so we didn't really, we didn't really fully touch on Neo's goal of the Matrix One, which ultimately was to gain control of the Matrix. And we see him, how he's able to fly and do all the things that he does is by the end, we get to see him change the code yeah, yeah. itself and learn how to gain control of the Matrix. So they, Jamie, they definitely talk about Neo needing to get his mojo back. And Neo even has lines where he's like, what if I can't be the person I was, I used to be? And they're like, then we're all fucked. And then they get into the into the climax. And even though he's kicking ass, like and there's moments where he says, like, I still know Kung Fu, you know, where he's like (laughs) where he's like showing us that he he does have all the powers he had before. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, he can't fly Um, like the movie shows. I'm not saying he had to fly. What I'm saying is he doesn't seem to care about a lot of stuff. That, That part barely seems to be a plot point. It, but it that annoys almost, me that it's not i think that should be a bigger thing i mean i, mean, I know it's i not, agree with you yeah I, I, I know it's not like this but it's almost like we couldn't afford to get him to fly or something so let's just say oh <laughs> i can't fly, can't keep fly. Going. Okay. now let's 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 go ahead into trinity's arc because it's yeah, all yeah. related to this that, is, that we're talking about speaking which of is flying. <laughs> right. yeah, speaking of flying it's yeah. kind of why he can't fly is why she can or the fact that she can. yeah so yeah. so bob you pointed out and it wasn't until you pointed this out that i that i realized all the things i wanted to say about trinity are circling around what you pointed out which is she it's supposed to be that in the end she's the one. Yeah. They're they're both the one but technically together. Trinity, Trinity was always as important as right. Neo. Always. Like it was never just the one Christ figure. It was mm-hmm. the two of them. That story was bunk. Mm-hmm. It was actually the, we've been watching the wrong story the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree that that comes across at a surface level. Yes like barely registered, barely measurable. And that I think, I think for me personally, what, when I watched, you know, I, when I got through it the second time, when I was looking for talking points for writing instruction, I think why this movie doesn't emotionally connect is because we get 40 minutes of Neo questioning his reality and coming to a conclusion of wait a second 
I'm that guy from the Matrix 1, 2, and 3, not Thomas Anderson. And we get to see the rises and falls of that in very interesting and dramatic ways. With Trinity, we get her sitting at a table talking about playing a game and her husband being uh, dismissive to her ability to be a kick-ass person. We, we, we get to see none of that with Trinity whatsoever. We only get to, there's, so, so yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to compare the writing to my clients. I don't care. One of my most common notes is show us the missing story moment. So often I'm reading a script where a person is sitting at a table telling me what happened to them and telling me how they feel about it instead of me just seeing the thing happen which is how you emotionally connect with something. You see something happen, and then you tell us how the character is feeling about what just happened. All we get is Trinity at a table saying, my husband said I couldn't be a badass. I wanted to kick him in the face, you know? And what's missing is we never and get- she lost motorcycles. And, I, and what's like, imagine, because what's happening is she's experiencing everything that's Neo's experiencing, but we don't get to see it. She sees herself as a, as a different person, as like a, her, her reflection, she sees Trinity, but everybody else sees her, including her, her husband and her kids, as like an old woman. So they don't dramatize that. So when she plays the game and she's on a motorcycle kicking ass with, with Neo in the game, she's like, this looks just like me. What the hell? This looks just like that guy at the coffee shop. What is happening? And she says to her husband, doesn't this woman in the game look just like me? And her husband's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like we don't get to see any of that. We don't see that contrast between her husband seeing like this, this motherly, you know, like motherly is the wrong word. This, this not Trinity, like imagine if we got to see all of that you know, dumping out the pills and all the things that we get to see from Neo from Trinity. And then you build to them so, together, jumping your, off so, a building and her flying. It's like all that stuff. So that the we point got to you're making is it's a movie. It's Trinity's movie where she is not the main character. And that's the problem. The, the essential, not, right? That's what you're saying. When you're getting down to the nuts and bolts screenwriting aspect. Right. What, what, what a lot of people do, Jamie, I'm sure you see this in your students is what a lot of people do is they write a beat sheet. These things need to happen. And then we, our character arcs. And then we don't actually get the growing pains to measure, to earn those moments. They're, they're, we need growing pains to feel the, the, the growth and change of a character. We need to see all these things happen. And then when they, they have that moment of growth, Trinity jumping off a building and flying, it feels earned. In this we don't get those moments of growth. We just get her talking to, to Neo at a table about these things that happened off screen that are causing her to grow and change into realizing she's Trinity. So I, what I'm saying is it's missing the growing pains. It's not cinematically earned. We don't feel it because we don't see it. So it's a, it's a uh, show us the thing that happens instead of just telling us about it afterward is, is my main Not, point. I completely agree, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't I, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, better. I, yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think, um, 
I think what Bob said about how this movie, like what this movie could be, and it could be Trinity's movie and this and that. And I love that idea. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's this movie though at all. I just- <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. And and they had to have it be Keanu's movie. Just. Mm-hmm. I mean, Warner Brothers probably that was their one thing, right? It has to be Keanu the main character, right? Yeah, I yeah. I think they they might have done a disservice to making her, and I'm gonna she's kind of a damsel in this movie, right? You know, it comes about. off as a damsel because we don't get to see. It her should be an empowering movie. It, it doesn't really come off like that, yeah. Right. Also, so if, I, I wish it was. I wish it was that movie can, that can, you described. Can I so point out something even more meta too about Trinity? Her husband is a guy named chad which feels very (laughs) but it's also if you don't know this her husband is played by the director of the john wick movies oh that's awesome and the guy who did the stunts for neo in the original fantastic so there feels like there's something there right like (laughs) like it feels it feels very pointed casting to have him play that character right it's the guy who literally is responsible for keanu's current action career and also was his surrogate in the original movies yeah she's married to like keanu's surrogate (laughs) who's also in charge of his his actions like i don't know it's (laughs) It's very weird i just yeah i just keep going back to like they didn't show Trinity. Yeah, you're right. They didn't so show Trinity's side of this, and that's what makes it feel like it. Like I've I've actually had a few friends tell me they walked out of this movie feeling like it's just a guy trying to go save his girlfriend from a computer program, um, from a game. Like and it's like I can see that, but I I definitely don't think it's trying to make Trinity out as a damsel, and certainly the performance doesn't come across that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so how about this? She, it's 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 empowering if you don't put it under a microscope. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Look, look, here's here's the weird thing about the other movies, is like the original Matrix, she was the the kick ass character, right? Yeah. She right. was the take action character who saved Neo from the thing mm-hmm. kind of, and she taught him how to be, and he realized it in the very end. Mm-hmm. This movie, I mean, this movie isn't quite that because she never even gets the middle section that Neo got mm-hmm. in the last movie, but she, everything, I, I, I guess the next movie could be her movie. You know, I guess that's what it's saying is like, she is the cool character. I mean, but, Lana won't oh be doing gosh. it. Lana that's, won't that's be doing it. it. Yeah. She said no. <laughs> But yeah. So yeah. So so it's not on the talking points, but let's just this is like just a base. What the hell is happening in that last scene? <laughs> Bob, you're talking about you're talking about the flying away scene. Or the last they, scene of the movie. The 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 when uh, they show up at NPH's. when they show when they show up and 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 NPH is yeah, being an asshole. To the me, analyst. that's where the most confusing part is to me. The thing you were, the great, like, gentrification point you were talking about. Like, if the goal is that humanity should all be freed in the real world from the, the machines sucking our power. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, by the way, I want to point out something. In the movie, they've explicitly point out very, very bluntly. It's been 60 years. I right. don't understand why the machines even need humans anymore. They haven't, yeah. Like they haven't advanced past needing us for whatever dumb purposes they. It just it, 
that is the thing you just got to go with, but it's dumb. It's like they should have just figured this out without our – they don't need our brains hooked up to anything anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they, they can rebuild a human body, but they also need us – okay, that's just, I know that's all just like – that doesn't really matter for story, but it's – it's a sci-fi movie and you got to kind of think of that kind of thing. You put 60 years of time in there. Mm-hmm. You got to give me a reason why they didn't figure this out. Anyway, the last scene, it seems to me they're just saying things are going to stay the same, but we're in control now. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Right? Dude. Like, right. Like, and so then it just says to me that the human race is still going to be enslaved, but, Hey, we're all, but now the computer is controlled by human minds. Yeah, I is don't that know. Good? Is that I a victory? No, yeah, it's it's it, maybe I checked out by that scene, but my take <laughs> my take was just like, oh, here's a cool scene where we get a one up on Neil Patrick Harris. Let's fly away. <laughs> I mean, look, I wrote the dialogue. You want to let? Yes, let's, it's not that long. All right, yeah. here we go. You're going to listen to me talk for like one minute. It's going to be like a class where they pass around the book and the, everybody reads. All right. NPH, the analyst. Uh, sorry. They, they fly in. He's just chilling on the couch. And she says, you tried to activate the fail safe, which, by the way, we didn't even go into. That whole thing is very confusing. To, to, as a reminder, the fail safe, when they're trying to when they're trying to rescue Trinity, the, the new Oracle, Sati, I think her name is, she says that the, the Matrix was going to reboot the system back to the previous world version of its world. Okay? And that was like a big problem. But why? Like, what's the difference between the two Matrixes? We've seen the old one. We just saw it. And, and what's the difference? Anyway, um, Trinity tried to activate the failsafe. Trinity says, you tried to activate, the analyst says, the suits tried, not me. Obviously, without control of your source code, I knew that was impossible. Um, What's okay. the difference between him and the suits, too? It's so hard for people to understand. Like I don't understand, right? He why are they the not suits. one mind? It doesn't make any sense yeah. that they're separated. I don't. I it's one. philosophy. Okay. I get it. I get it. But it, it, it's hard. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Trinity says, so why haven't the suits purged you? Hearing Bob's issue with the with the with story um the analyst says because i know the system i know human beings and i know you right now you're feeling good about what you've done you should it was a victory bravo now what you've come here to negotiate some kind of deal you think you hold all the cards because you can do whatever you want with this world i say go for it remake it knock yourself out paint the sky with rainbows but here's the thing the sheeple aren't going anywhere they like my world they don't want this sentimentality they don't want freedom they don't want empowerment they want to be controlled they crave the comfort of certainty and that means you two back in your pods unconscious and alone just like they are and neo says we're not here to negotiate trinity says we're on our way to remake your world Neo says, we're going to change a few things. Trinity says, I kind of like to paint the sky with rainbows idea. Neo says, just to remind the people what a free mind can do. Trinity says, I forgot. It's easy to forget. Neo says, he makes it easy. And Trinity says, That's, that he does. And then Trinity says, before we got started, we decided to stop by and say thank you. You gave us something we never thought we could have. The analyst says, what was that? 
Trinity says, another chance. And the movie ends. What the it, fuck is going on in so, that scene? I mean, if you listen to the doc- <laughs> now listening to oddly listening to you read it is more insightful for some reason than hearing it in the movie. <laughs> but to me, it's like just it's her talking about society more than it is what's happening in the movie to me. Yeah, what ha- what does it have to do she's with saying, the movie? No, she's saying the whole thing about how we've come, become complacent with the systems of like you know um, if we're just talking about America, the systems in America where we all lay dormant and let oppression happen as long as you let us be comfortable. You know, like we'll accept anything. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. See, I I'm can down see that. It. I'm down with it. Totally in line with how I feel. But also has nothing to fucking do really with, with what the, the hell happened. Yeah. minutes that just happened. Yeah, it has nothing that's, to do with anything. It, that's movie, my issue with it. Yeah, what like the it's hell a good does, message. How does, yeah, it's a good message for life and for what's currently happening in America. But it has nothing to do with that movie. And also, like we said, everyone is going to stay in their pods. Right. There's nothing about freeing minds. It's not yeah. Or or helping out other people. It's just like Neo and Trinity are gonna hang out in the Matrix and the point of the original trilogy fly around? The point of the original trilogy was to free <laughs> with rainbows from the pods so they can live in the real world and breathe real air and right. have their own choices, their free will. Here it doesn't seem like that. They he says you won, and they don't even argue that they won. But it's like that. So you're not going to just have the machines take everyone out of their pods. That's not the point. Yeah, I, I, I'm so confused by the end of this movie. Maybe it's going uh, over I, I, all I of our heads. Have, it possibly I, is. I don't. It's. Know. I'm sure there's people listening. Like, dude, it's so obvious. They're they're do, they're doing this next. But I, I I don't absorb any any like understanding of what reward. Because ultimately, like, like when we want to feel like the characters won, right? We want to feel what their reward is. So, what is Neo and, and Trinity's they can, they reward? Can fly. <laughs> what What am I supposed to take out of that? Well, they fly um, through the air hand in hand, so they're in love. They get to beat in love together forever. But they're um, in love, and they're gonna make. They're basically gonna make a utopia for human minds that are still enslaved. That's kind of the ending, right? Like, okay, um, we're the gods now. And we're gonna reform this world. I don't know, Jamie. But, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I had checked out by that point. I was. I don't know what to say. We oh, didn't God. even we didn't even go into theme, and I just kind of want to. This is you know you you often we often sometimes sometimes movies leave you with their theme, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I'm gonna tell you what I think the movie's theme is. Just because, fuck it, we're talking about this weird-ass movie for two hours. I think this movie is saying love conquers all, especially the Hollywood franchise system. Like, sure, okay? <laughs> love conquers all is, the, is what it's aiming for, I think. I agree. Yeah, but... They don't, I don't. I don't know what they conquered. I don't. What know. do they conquer? Here, the problem is also is like the <laughs> control Naomi. over their own individual minds and not the collective. Is the is the true uh, maybe problem, that's maybe that's it. Is the right? true problem that there's no ending cap on Niobe? I feel like there should be something in the it's, ending with Niobe and it's Iowa. never revisited. It as needs far that, as, if yeah. that was revisited and like yeah. Niobe was like yeah. You know, if Niobe said to the two of them, now you can make a matrix where it enables us to free more minds. I'm sorry that I doubted this and I was wrong for ever becoming complacent or something like that. Maybe I would yeah. understand. 
No, I mean, I mean, I could see how somebody could read into this and be like, "It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you to make your to 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 free your mind." Yeah, and there's not. It's you can't rely on some savior uh, persona to inspire you to make change. You need to do it on your own. I could see that, but I don't think that's clear. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It's. it's (laughs) It's a, like the antithesis of a blockbuster ending, right? Yeah, it's so, so ambiguous. Something I wrote down, too, is if you go back to the part of the movie that Jamie liked, <laughs> uh, we go, <laughs> that we all liked, uh, one of the things I liked about the boardroom scene is the one guy who didn't like the first Matrix, the, something he said there, he goes, I've got zero tolerance for anything that requires a syllabus and a highlighter. I like my games big, loud, and dumb. And then the same guy also says reboots sell. I didn't like the first one. So, but my point is to go with what you're saying here is that he's got no tolerance for anything that requires a syllabus and a highlighter. Anything that makes you think that guy who's is framed as an atrocious person in the movie, he hates something that has ambiguous endings and makes you think. That's what we're dealing with. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, she did set that up to some degree. Like the ending is mm-hmm. not going to be cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Neo's in charge of the matrix and he, fl- he flies away. That's not what happens. I mean, it is what happens. They do fly away to a cover of the same song, but you know what I mean? Like the actual <laughs> wrap up is not, it's not, it's like, did they win or are they just going to yeah. be able to have like ultimate yeah. uh, sex in the, in space now because yeah. they both can fly. I don't know. I think it comes back to like, we were, I, I'm remembering now when we were talking about the stakes for Neo was just like, like a fulfilling, loving relationship, which is very abstract. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, the reward he gains is a fulfilling, loving relationship with the person yeah, he loves I'm, that that's the, kind of my overall take is kind of like a happiness cannot be found and unless you i don't know throw away <laughs> the mind control of you know of the hollywood franchise this? system find yeah. your own yeah. happiness is the most <laughs> important yeah find, find your own happiness, find your own because happiness. the world isn't going to do it for you yeah right the yeah, how like, these movies aren't going to do it for you. It's the, the, weird because like yeah. the, that that is the thing that that you think the Niobe gentrification thing is pushing back on. It's saying yeah. the fact that we only care about our own personal happiness means we're letting the world go into the toilet. Right. That's the opposite of that. Of, of that, yeah. It, so it, it's very odd that that's the end. Yeah. Of the yeah. Because so what like- is Niobe not an antagonist then? Is she? Because I feel like it's I so know, clearly. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like that. That's a, like Io is supposed to be a gentrified neighborhood. That's that's not seeing the suffering of the rest of the people right next door. Um, I think that's pretty clear. There's probably okay. If I try to assume, <laughs> it's probably something like Neo and Trinity now have some sort of ultimate control, even though. The suits apparently still have some power. I don't. They got their that. source code, man. They got their source code, but no, Neil Patrick Harris does. Sorry, Neil, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris does, but they, they still have that. But since, but I, sorry, Jamie, I know you're my, you're like Jesus, guys. What are you talking about? But since I gotta go um, get an ad bill. <laughs> so they have control of the Matrix, but because the movie framed the machines and humans working together as the ultimate goal now. There's something there with the fact that, okay, we're going to let the humans stay in the computer, in the pods, 
but we're going to also have them all work together and we're going to live as one harmonious family between the two. Okay. There's something. I'm, look, there. I'm, I'm, I may be stretching here, but I'm trying to find out what the what Lana was trying to say. You know? What the hell is happening? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Because I feel like that is the go to the classroom scene and it's at the very end. And I don't know what the lesson that we're being taught is. So, yeah. I think, I mean, that ending is a, is outside of the, what we're talking about, the ending is a perfect middle finger to any of the, <laughs> any of the dudes that love the original trilogy action. Yeah, movies. true. Yeah. It really is. It's just like yeah. the absolute. Can't you control her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, also it's just like kind of anticlimactic and like. Yeah. Just, okay, there are two lovebirds floating in the air and they find each other. <laughs> Like that's it. That's how you're gonna end your big action movie sci-fi franchise. All right. <laughs> I... This is a weird one to talk about in yeah. every aspect because there, we really have no much like watching it and much like talking about it for this podcast. We have nowhere to hold on to. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Bob. Yeah. I got a question. Sure. One more question. What have we learned? <laughs> Jamie, you go first. Long Jamie, silence. did you learn anything? Hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at your face right now, wondering. <laughs> that's why I had to push it. On. I, I, you, you know, this this was a movie that was, um, again, I, I watched it and uh, I didn't. <laughs> I, I liked some of the ideas in it, but overall, I, I didn't, I didn't really like it. So, but I'm not sure what I would have even done to fix like this i'm not sure about this maybe this franchise its next step and this is really not what i've learned but i was this is kind of how i figured out feels like it's time to go to television or something maybe they'll do television (laughs) series um and maybe that's maybe that's what this really was was a stealth pirate pilot for a for a tv series that will stealth pilot how about that the stealth pilot. It's not uh, in Lana's mind, I don't think. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> we could. I'm looking for what I learned. No, I mean, I learned. I think that I didn't have the. I didn't really read the gentrification aspect that you read, like you yeah. did. So I learned that. I like anything. that. I like that. But yeah. I think the most, the thing I learned the most is because you got it from something I said. But it should have just been a Trinity movie, much mm-hmm. like Toy Story Four is a Woody movie. Mm-hmm. Toy Story Four, mm-hmm. rightfully. Did not made Buzz not the focus anymore, right. and it made Woody. Mm-hmm. I like you know that is his movie. It should have been called yeah. Woody Story. I still stand by that. That's what the title should be. This should have been a Trinity movie, and it would be light years better for it. I agree, but I also understand that you can't deny Keanu. The Keanu Sants happened, and you need him to be the main focus. His story's just less less interesting mm-hmm. here. It's him yeah. being depressed. And going, I miss my girlfriend. Pretty that's much. what the movie is. It's him being, that's that's what it is. And it's just yeah. not that interesting, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, Good. that's what I learned, I guess. Also, you know, Speed Racer is great. <laughs> I love Speed Racer. I learned, two, uh, <laughs> I learned two things. It, it sort of validated some things that I feel as a, as a, as a writer, as a teacher are important. Um this validated why they're important. Um, mystery villains are not compelling. They're, they're tension killers. Mystery villain plans 
are not compelling. They're they're tension killers. Villains with abstract goals are not compelling. They're tension killers. This movie does all three. We don't even learn who the villain is or what their plan is for 95 minutes. And that compared to the original Matrix and why that movie is so emotionally satisfying, those are the big things. And then the other thing is the importance of showing us something important that's happening to your character instead of telling us about after it happened, which is all the growing pains of Trinity. I really feel if we had got to experience 40 minutes of Trinity coming to the realization that she is Trinity and not this person uh, in in the Matrix, um, this fake persona, I think the whole movie would work as all the love story, I think everything would fall into place in the way that they intend it to. Um, so those are my two big things. Show us what's happening to your character. Don't tell us what happened to your character after it happens and not show us. So those are, yeah. those are my two. I, I think one thing that this movie and The Matrix both, both can reaffirms to me, but also makes a little bit muddied for me. I think when you have a really complicated world like this is, like, almost like I need to go do research after the movie to even figure out what happened. If you can keep like a really simple through line with good stakes, good goals, good obstacles that are really simple, like if that part's simple, you can make the world and the philosophy and things like that really complicated. And I think this movie to me, those things get a little muddied or ambiguous, or even at the end, I debate like, the motivations and things like mm-hmm. that, the simplicity of that through line. Yeah. I learned when in doubt, you write a scene where a CGI Hugo Weaving gets slow motion punched in the face. <laughs> and they didn't have that here. And that's why it's not as good. Um, <laughs> I think we've said everything we can without yeah. in circles. I don't think we could go any far. I, I think we talked in circles a lot. Yeah, we have, we have, because it, <laughs> the movie talks in circles. I think we were trying to you. figure this one out as yeah. much yeah. as anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so enjoy. I hope people are enjoy us uh, dancing around the fire <laughs> on this one. Um, do we have anything besides Save the Cat Rights for TV to plug? Mm. Anybody? Nope, I, I got so. nothing. That's I got it. nothing. Nothing. All right. Nothing's happening in life. Everyone's uh, home and <laughs> we're home and complacent in our gentrified neighborhoods. Yes. Letting letting tyranny happen. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're letting the machines just ruin our lives. I'm Damn, that, that, that uh, hits hard, Bob. It hits hard. <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant. It's so relevant, too. Like, if it was executed better, it could really mean something. Yeah, you know? I think, But yeah. I think the other way you can look at it is one day your Neo will come for you. <laughs> And teach you how to fly. <laughs> Finally, no more walking. Uh, I think that's everything, guys. Th- everybody, right. thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks. You've just listened to Writer's Blockbusters, a screenwriting podcast featuring two professionals and another guy. Available only on Thundergrunt. <laughs>